Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon here in, uh, well, chilly, snowy a little bit, Ventnor City, New Jersey, and Bethesda, Maryland. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge with your hosts, Zach and Ray. And apparently, the the right side of my kitchen is, well, uh, much better heated than the left side that I'm sitting on because I need a hoodie to stay warm. And, well, Zach's getting by just with a T-shirt. Yeah, buddy. All right, Pops, here is the deal. I'm going to kick today's show off with something that I did not prepare you for whatsoever. And I did that on purpose, folks, because it is always good. No, it's always good. You've got a very interesting perspective, and we get live reactions to it. You and I spent probably an hour this morning preparing for today's show, all sorts of different topics that we want to cover. But, Dad, I hate to break it to you. We're going to start somewhere else. I went with a title of Ford and Honda are making a huge mistake. We have quarterly earnings coming out from both Ford and Honda soon, and we have a prelude to that, a precursor from Cox Automotive, their analysis of what they expect to see. What I wanted to hone in on here, Dad, is a few trends. First one being sales are going to be down for the third quarter for Honda. Okay, shouldn't be too much of a surprise. We know that they have limited inventory. Yes. Average transaction prices, Dad. Look at this chart. That is going up into the right. Orange line, Acura. Blue line, Honda. Doesn't matter which way you slice it, Dad. Prices are going up into the right. And the third piece to this puzzle, incentives have been entirely slashed at Honda for the first time ever below $2,000 per vehicle. Dad, incentives are down into the right. Now, let me flip over to Ford's earnings for a second here because this is their fourth quarter. Ford's fourth quarter. Love how corporations make it tricky on the uh, fiscal calendar again when we look at the total number of vehicles sold it's going down into the right correct yes now if we look at average transaction prices you tell me is that going up into the right uh it appears to be you know that almost looks and like we a, look at- a cucumber or something that that chart <laughs> <laughs> If we look at what? If we look it's at what I saw. What can I down. tell you? It's what I saw. I it's saw down. it and I said cucumber. Okay, I'm sorry. You see cucumber there? I do. <laughs> Incentives at Ford down and to the right. Why, Dad? Why am I coming out here saying Ford and Honda are making a huge mistake? I think it's because they are they are embracing this lower inventory world. They are embracing no incentives, and they are embracing a chart of average transaction prices that go up and to the right. And you and I are calling it early. We're calling it often. That is a recipe for disaster because it is going to create an even bigger chasm in those who can afford vehicles and those who cannot. That is why I went with today's title. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> No, I, I I can say a tad more than that. Yes, no, I, I mean, we've been saying for quite some time, as, as average tra- transaction prices continue to climb, it makes it more difficult for a larger 
number of people to find themselves in the new car market. And we've been talking about it for days on end, that the new car market is contracting. Now, that's not to say that January wasn't a slightly better month sales-wise for new cars than people had anticipated, but it was still showing a contracting market. It was still less than the previous year. Um, so if you keep raising prices, if the average transaction prices keep going up, if the average finance costs keep going up, and statistically speaking, for the first time in a very, very long time, the average new car APR was over 8%, uh, and the average used car APR was well over 12%. That means that fewer people can afford to buy those higher-priced vehicles at a higher interest rate with a higher payment. So that will continue to mean that there's fewer people in the market to buy those cars. The market's going to continue to shrink. And at a certain market's point, going to continue to shrink and, and, and yeah. pops it's, it ultimately it ends up with haves and have nots and everyone yes. becomes a luxury brand. Like I don't, I don't see how, I mean, even Nissan, like look at Nissan's Aria EV, like, everyone's going up market gm's earnings the other day were a huge red flag that huge red flag because they they came out and they made more money than they thought they could and they're demonstrating the value of bifurcating their customer base and just choosing to focus on those who can afford to spend gm's average transaction price fifty one thousand dollars it is it is it's playing the short game versus the long game i think dad well i i I think the excuse for the longest period of time was there was a limited amount of chips. So whatever chips we had, we're going to put into our high profit margin vehicles. Okay. So what the manufacturers found out is they can sell less vehicles, but they can ultimately make more money because those who were actually buying vehicles are buying the higher profit margin vehicles. They kind of like that scenario. Um, yep. I just read today that GM is looking after having record income, they're looking to figure out ways to cut $2 billion in costs moving forward. Well, why would they want to do that? Because they know they're going to produce fewer cars, but they want to maximize the amount of money that they make on the cars that they are producing. So yeah, it becomes, it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where, as a manufacturer, you're saying, okay, I only care about the well-heeled customers, clientele out there. I am, I am not concerned as a manufacturer with low to middle income people. Uh, you're either going to be high to middle, high income to luxury buyers, or we're, we're not interested in selling you a car. And, and that's where we find ourselves today. And we've been talking about that chasm between the haves and have-nots for, I don't know, 15, 18 months or more. Um, and I've just, you know, I've seen that chasm get wider and wider every month with every new set of statistics that we see. So if you don't have a good job, if you're not well-heeled, you're not, you're not going to be uh, in the market for a new vehicle moving forward you're just not and, and the manufacturers are okay the, with that 
Let's look at the TrueCar data, Dad. So TrueCar does their monthly analysis, um, and these are average transaction prices. So let's let's look at this for a moment. BMW average transaction price January of this year sixty eight thousand. Let's call it sixty nine thousand yeah. dollars a year ago. Sixty three thousand dollars. Daimler seventy eight thousand dollars a year ago. Seventy five six. Ford they have it at fifty four thousand eight hundred and ten dollars. Cox Automotive has it north of fifty five thousand. No matter how you slice it, that's up about ten percent. Year over year, yes. GM over $51,000, Honda at $36,742. I guess that's affordable. Hyundai at $37,000. Here we go. Kia, in, today's world, in today's world, that's affordable. Is it? I don't know. Yep. Nope. I mean, look at that, Dad. Nissan, $37,000, up three grand year over year. Stellantis, over $55,000. The list here goes on and on. And then you, you, what you can look at here, Dad, are incentive outlays. And I'm actually going to jump below to incentives as a percentage of average transaction price. Which automaker yes. is actually subsidizing the purchase of their vehicles the most? And the outlier here to me, Dad, is Nissan. We know Stellantis is doing a lot of incentives for their Ram trucks yes. and, and, and Jeep products. But I can't believe I'm saying this. If you're looking for an affordable vehicle, I think going Nissan, I, I haven't backed this up by talking to the car coaches and the team behind the scenes, but I think you're looking at a Nissan if, if they have 3.9% incentives as a, as, a, as a percentage of average transaction price. I was surprised by that. Well, that's because Nissan has been down for um, a year, year and a half, and they're trying to earn back or win back some of their customer base that they've lost. So they realize that in order to do that, they have to incentivize customers to come back and look at the brand. Um, so yeah, their, their incentive spend is higher than others, um, but not nearly as high as it used to be. I want to pull up another chart on the screen that I know it's going to be blurry. It's blurry from TrueCar, but this is showing you the percentage of new cars sold each month broken down by uh, if they were sold over MSRP or not. So what you're seeing is over MSRP and, 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 the, and the different brands. So import yes. brands, mainstream import brands. It, TrueCar says in December, still over 50% of them new sold over MSRP. Luxury brands, they're saying almost 50% in December sold over MSRP. Domestic, like your GMs, your, your Fords, about 30% sold over MSRP. And again, I know the chart's blurry, but it's incredibly interesting to think these automakers are still getting over MSRP on these new vehicles. When you and I are on here every freaking day, go ahead. The automakers are not getting over MSRP. The dealers, the dealers. are getting over MSRP. So you can't confuse the two, okay? Um, the, the manufacturers saw how much the dealers were charging over MSRP a year and a half ago, two years ago, and started raising their MSRPs so that they could increase their profit margin when they sold the vehicle to the dealer. Many dealers have since stopped adding additional dealer markups, but obviously there's still, when it comes to uh, your, your uh, Asian brands, uh, you know, still over 50% of consumers are paying additional dealer markup, which means well over 50% of those dealers are asking for additional dealer markup. It's, it's wild, wild to me that that's, a, that's still happening in this market. We've got from Rippert here, Dad, uh, yes. in the chat. Rippert, thanks for being here. Hey, guys, wanted to tell you all, thanks for adding a VIN search bar 
on the website, definitely a nice quality of life improvement. So if you're not familiar back on caredge.com, when you're on the car search, you can search by year, make model, you know, so you can type in like Chevy Bolt or you can plug, plug a VIN in there and you can do a VIN search. I don't know of many car searches that have a VIN search. So very excited to be able to offer that back on the website. Pops, I want to turn our attention a little bit here to the used car market. We have black book data, and we also had an insight come in from one of our community members. I'm going to pull up this uh, this uh, Instagram DM yes. that I, that we were sent on the screen. This comes from one of our colleagues. I'm not going to call him, but like one of our one of our friends, a, a dealer outside of um, or inside California in Southern California. Hey Zach, long time no talk. Just wanted to give you some real time insight on the wholesale used car market in California. Things are really heating up in the auctions the last four weeks. Prices are rebounding and going up really fast. MMR is going up and the volume is really low and declining week over week. Not sure when this repo issue is going to hit, but 80% of the cars are in very poor condition anyway. Prime units are bringing and will bring all the money in the next few months. Just a heads up. I thought this was super interesting. Dad. Let's kind of break down what we're seeing here. What, what, what was your reaction when I shared this message with you? Uh, well, I thought to myself that that some of the things that we're seeing in the used car market are much more regionalized today uh, than perhaps they had been in the past. Um, because I think that obviously there's pockets of the country, California, the Southwest probably being one of the largest areas. Um, and maybe it's because typically... Um, Weather-wise, it's not nearly as cold and chilly and miserable as it is in the Midwest and the East. Um, so that those areas are seeing an increase in wholesale values that are being paid for vehicles, good vehicles, nice vehicles at the auctions. And when you look at, at, the, at the Black Book data on a national level, um, you, you see that the depreciation week over week is still there. It's slowing down. It's not as, as big as it had been or as rapid as it had been. Um, so I, I think it speaks to that, that these can be very regionalized. I think in the Midwest and the, and the Northeast with the weather conditions, what they are, I, I think there um, there's a greater likelihood of being able to uh, go to a sale, buy a car for a little less money than you could in in Southern California or in Las Vegas. Um, and so retail pricing should be coming down, one would assume, in the Midwest and, and the Northeast. And in California at the moment, or the Southwest at the moment, it might be just the opposite of that. We're getting some validation here from community members. Andrew says, 100% agree with that here in Michigan. Clean example cars bring all the money many times over KBB retail at auction. That being said, 90% of the vehicles at auction are trash. And I want to pull up the, the analysis from BlackBook. I'm going to read this out. As we come to the end of January, the wholesale lanes have had a somewhat rocky start with low sales rates and minimal inventory. Sellers recently have started trying to entice buyers with auctioneers rerunning unsold vehicles. Buyers, on the other hand, are very aware of the dropping vehicle values, but it seems they are hopeful for a traditional spring market. Clean, newer model year vehicles have been extremely desirable since new inventory is still not coming in consistently. In addition, older model year vehicles, especially those that are under $20,000, have been popular for non-franchise dealers. 
There have not been as many closed sales for the franchise buyers, but they also have not been too active in the downstream lanes. Rental companies have not been aggressive, uh, aggressively purchasing in the lane, although they are present occasionally. We are beginning to see signs of some normal seasonality with the sporty car segment continuing to increase in value. The estimated average weekly sales rate will be something to watch as we head into February. And just to put that on the screen here, it's still 46%. So a couple of things yes. to, to piggyback off of there, Dad. We are seeing some seasonality. We are seeing vehicles that are in good condition carry a premium. And we are seeing under $20,000 vehicles also carry a premium. That makes sense for this time of year. Oh, absolutely. And it's what you would expect this time of year. Now, I, I think one of the things that we're going to find is that um, moving forward, we might not um, see as large uh, of tax refunds as we have in the past and that and that the anticipated heft of the spring selling season uh, might not materialize to the same degree that we've seen in the past um, so that you know there's there there's there's some reason to be optimistic if you're a dealer because you're saying to yourself Hey, March is right around the corner. It's only four weeks away. The spring selling season will be upon us. Uh, tax refund season will be upon us. That's traditionally a really a good time of year. But if refunds are lower this year than they have been in the past, uh, uh, and interest rates are higher, and pricing is higher, well, that that's going to mean that less people are going to find themselves in the market in the spring selling season because they don't have enough money to be able to be in a position to actually purchase a vehicle. Yeah, hundred percent. Hey, I want to put you on the spot here, pops, if you don't mind, we've got here from Steve and you, he's saying, wait, wait, not wait, 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 wait a second. If I don't mind, you do it to me every damn day. So you don't even have do to need. add the caveat if you don't mind. <laughs> So, Stephen's saying, not surprised to learn yes. the less desirable autos are going to auction. You taught me a long time ago a really interesting way to know if a vehicle was traded in or if it was bought at auction. So, I'm, I'm at CarEdge.com right now. Yes. We've made some updates to CarEdge.com. So, please, guys, go, go check it out. Like, if you scroll down on the homepage, you can meet some friendly faces on the team. But for now, Dad, I'm going to click on buy. I want to go to our car yes. search. And yes. let's just look at some used vehicles. All right, let's find this 2016 Focus. Okay. Stock number is P16490. Can you can you pull anything out of that, Pops, or do I need to go to a different one? No, absolutely. The P indicates that it was a purchase Oops. car, that they, that they either bought it directly from a consumer who didn't trade it, but they sold it to the dealership, or they bought it at an auction, or they purchased it from another dealer. Okay, but the P would indicate that that typically the P indicates that it's a purchased car. Let's Not look at another one. Okay. Not a trade in. Let's look at another one. All right. Let's do this BMW 5 Series. We've got P, so that's another purchase. Yes. Typically, yes. Do another one. Do this Ram 1500. Got a P. One of the things that we're looking for, and you can say it while I'm I'm trying to would find be, one, would would be right here. If there's an, there it is. If there's an A on the <laughs> end, okay, that would indicate it was a trade in. 
Okay. Because typically, if there's a trade on a car deal, um, the stock number becomes the purchased car stock number plus the letter A for the trade-in. Now, if there's a trade-in on the trade-in that they want to sell, well, then it would become that number with a B at the end. But yes, that would typically indicate that this was a trade-in. I love putting you on the spot like that because it is so authentic. We do not prepare these things, but you just dropped a huge knowledge bomb. I mean, that is something that we probably should spend more time over on the Car Edge main channel. We should do a video on that, honestly, because it is probably more important now than before because the quality and condition of vehicles at the auctions is so poor. I actually think we have yes. a video idea that we got to do that. I think that would be hugely informative for our community. And it's a perfect example. Look at the stock number. Know what the heck is going on there. Great yes. insight, Pops. Yes. Well, that's, that's what I'm here for to be a, to be put on the spot and B to share some insights every once in a while. All right. I've got yes. one other story I want to turn our attention to today. And then a really, you've got to be kidding me Dad. we are seeing more turmoil in the financial industries. So we've got upstart, one of these relatively newcomer financing companies. They're laying off. What was it? 40%, 30%, 20%. How much of their 20%, staff? I think it was 7%, 20%, 20%, no, 20%, it was 20%. It was 7% the last time they had a layoff. Now it's 20% this time. And we didn't even really cover it here on this channel too much, uh, but Citizens Bank came out and said we are going to stop like uh, investing in our auto finance uh, division. It's just not profitable for us. We're disinterested in it. So we are seeing more and more signs from financial institutions that the amount of interest they have in investing in auto is is going lower. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, and there's less loan originations to begin with because there's less people in the market. I mean, that's the big driving force. You don't have as many loan originations if you're, A, not selling as many cars, and you're not selling as many cars because you don't have as many buyers out there trying to buy cars. It all goes hand in hand. It's a little bit of a, a connect the dots, and you can see where everything ends up. All right, Pops, it's about that time. Really? you, you got to be, be kidding, kidding me. These stories uh, write themselves. We've got from The Drive. Thank you, The Drive, for your incredible journalism here. San Francisco firefighters smash Cruise self-driving taxi window to stop it from driving over hose. Cruise and Waymo want to accelerate their efforts to roll out autonomous cars, but San Francisco wants to hit the brakes. This is not the first time we've talked about Cruise and their autonomous vehicles in San Francisco. Multiple instances of the vehicles just kind of like running into issues stopping in the street this one required a firefighter to actually break the vehicle to stop it go ahead well well you got to help me with this well will one of these vehicles automatically stop if somebody breaks the window uh is that how you actually stop one or would the vehicle think oh my god i'm about to be robbed let me hit the gas i mean how is this i i you know I am. I have admitted it many times on this show. I am not a bright guy, but I don't understand how breaking the window actually stops the damn self-driving car. Um, and 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 if it if it doesn't, can you can you like tase it or something to stop it? Can you give it an additional electrical charge that'll disrupt the computer system in it so that it'll finally stop? I, I mean. <sighs> 
Are, are you supposed to break the window and jump in it? I mean, how's this supposed here, here to pops, work? Here, here, uh, Backed up streets aren't the only problems that cruise vehicles have caused. For example, one vehicle was pulled over by police for operating without headlights and then proceeded to run from the law. So, you know, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. the protocol is. <laughs> what, I just think what it's does perfect. That mean? Really, you got to be kidding me, fodder. Yeah. What what do you what do you that what does that mean that it was pulled over? I mean, really? There's nobody in the damn car. So what does it mean it was pulled over? Um, you know, <laughs> is there a cop on on the bullhorn inside the car saying, "Pull over, pull over"? If you don't pull over, we're going to shoot. It's like, okay, go ahead, shoot me. I don't care. There's nobody in the damn car. So uh, I I I don't get it, but. <sighs> But my understanding is that there's a future for this nonsense. Um, and apparently, we're just ironing out some of the bugs, Dad. Yeah. And, and apparently, even San Francisco isn't as desirous of that future as they thought they might have been. There's definitely definitely some learning uh, learning curve issues that are going on right now. I saw a comment yeah. in the chat that thanks for, for going along with that. I was curious to get your take on it. I yeah. saw a comment in the chat asking about rates going up, and I just wanted to put this to the test live. This is obviously how we do it. So we partnered with credit unions back at caredge.com, and I am curious what their rates if they went up today, Dad, February 1st. Yeah. I'm going to go check those out. So let's see. Let's see. Did Wings increase their rates? Let's see. No, rates look the same. Four point two four percent on the thirty-six month term. So it looks like Wings's Wings's rates stayed the same. Let's check all in credit union. They're up to five point seven. Yeah, I think all in raised their rates. Look at that, yeah. man. All the way up to eight point five, but that's for ninety-six months. But no, all yes. in definitely these rates. I don't know if it says up here when they were updated, but these rates have have gone up. Let's look at one more really quick. Let's look at Georgia United, our partner for the great state of Georgia. All right. Looks like we're at 5.24, 6.24, 6.75. So yeah, I mean, right. You don't have to look that hard dead. Rates are going no. up. That's, that's for sure. Rates are definitely going up. Credit unions, banks, doesn't matter. The, the only thing that can save consumers at this point is if captive lenders are offering subsidized or subvented rates to artificially keep the rate down. Uh, but otherwise, if it's not a captive lender doing that, you're, we're just going to continue to see interest rates go up, which is going to make the fewer cars affordable. And everyone's reminding us the uh, Fed meeting is at, uh, or the press conference is at 2 p.m. So we will get an update on how many BIPs Fed funds rate went up. Joshua, yes. thanks for the contribution. We really appreciate it. I've been watching you all for months. Love the content. What are your thoughts on getting a pre-purchase inspection when looking for a car out of state? What do you think of that, Pops? I think you should get a pre-purchase inspection on any car, any used car, whether it's in-state, out-of-state, whether it's in your damn driveway or anywhere else. Um, you always want to get a pre-purchase inspection um, to find out if the mechanics at the dealership might have missed something. So it's, it's probably the best 150 to $200 that you can spend so that you have a better idea as to what the health of that vehicle may be. 
Yeah, absolutely. Getting some more comments here about the VIN search folks like that. I'm going to take a minute, Dad, because we are through all of the topics for today's show. So that just means that gets to go on on pitch mode. Back at CarEdge.com, teams working diligently. Of course, if you're buying a car, selling a car, financing a vehicle, getting auto, home or renter's insurance, the warranty, all of our resources, they are right here. But going back to the car search for a quick second, Dad, the VIN search is really nice. Like you can just up here in the top left, click VIN. And then yeah. what's nice about our car search is any vehicle, VIN included, we will pull in price history down below. You can use the out the door price calculator. You can use the monthly payment calculator and pull in you know, your, your, your vehicle's trade and you can see what the warranty would cost on that. So it is pretty nice and the team's, the team's putting a lot of work into updating even more pages. Uh, Black Book on the trade-in, this will be live hopefully by beginning of next week, maybe even a little bit sooner. So, you know, we've got a lot of good pieces back at uh, CarEdge.com and, and within the uh, within the My Car Edge. Scat Pack Bob wants to know if we can partner with the company for pre-purchase inspections. Yeah, we we actually have a 15% discount with Lemon Squad. And I've recently learned that many of our members are going to Meineke because the um, the cost at Meineke is so much lower than Lemon Squad. Lemon Squad's like 150 bucks. Meineke's like 50 and, bucks. And if you're a, if you're an annual member, you can get a discount. Courage Plus member. Courage Plus yeah, member. Courage, yeah. You can get a discount at the Meineke. 10%. My bad. 10%. Yeah, if you if you schedule that online through uh, our online service, through your Carage Plus membership, yeah, 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 you can. Yeah. As a Carage Plus member, you get discounts at Meineke and other places. I'm gonna pull up really quickly. Give me one second inspection because I see people asking about where they can go for the. Um, uh, actually, it looks like I don't know what's going on with Lemon Squad. Go to Meineke. I was going to say like promote Lemon Squad, but go to Meineke. It's so much cheaper. Um, we've got here from Joshua a super sticker, and you know what that means, Dad? I'm afraid I do. Do you want music, or you just want to do it in silence? Well, I thought you were going to, you know, you, you like you like the sound of. I need to get some new tunes, though. I need to get some new ones. Well, like, then I'll I, just... I use the same. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there you go. I love doing this in my office chair because it bounces up and down. And it makes me a better dancer. Yeah. Incredible, man. I love it, what we get it, to do. Okay. I think we've got it, a great it, idea it, for a video. I, Go ahead. I was going to say at my age, I need all the aids I can get for, you know, being able to bounce around and, yeah, look young and spry or something like Don that. Don wants to know how can a car be properly inspected for $50? You may end up getting away. Yep. Yeah, totally fair. The $50 I'm commenting, I, I just heard it from a member. It could be in the Midwest where things are significantly cheaper done. I, I, I know we have a specific form for if you purchase your extended warranty through car edge that we need. Um, and so that might not be as comprehensive as the pre-purchase inspection that, um, that lemon squad does, but in, regardless, just Google search car edge pre-purchase inspection. We have a lot of resources on that front. All right, Dad, let's call it a show. Thank you for your time okay. as always. I know we'll be back tomorrow and I really do want to film that video. I think that's a great video talking about stock numbers. That would be incredible to film. Okay, what well, I'm I'm in, you know, just not right at the moment. Um, but we'll be back here tomorrow at noon Eastern, nine Pacific, with more news that you can use from Car Edge with your hosts Zach and Ray. Thanks so much for being here today, everybody. Um, and we look forward to seeing you back here again tomorrow. Have a great day. See you, pops. See you, handsome. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. 
Thanks for listening. See you soon.